カスタイム今次の放送はファンによるファンのための「ファンホージュポッドキャルチャーポッドキャスト」でこの番組はフランドスパンダやりくの台風の敵を日程送ります。スイッチオンワンツースリー電流火花が体を走る自動チェンジ機械だダークロボット迎え撃て人造人間機械だはい、ということで今日はですね Hey, this is Justin. Yeah, so we're here back on Toku Thursdays to continue our ongoing coverage of the live action Android Kikaida. We're on episode 18, which was titled Black Chameleon The Grand Heist. It aired in San Francisco on 8 13, 2005, the original Japanese broadcast date was November 11th, 1972. And the original Japanese title, Black Chameleon's Elusive Hijack Operation, or as the long ass Wikipedia title says, Black Chameleon's Phantom Heist Strategy. So it's got like five different title names as per usual. And just to get into it, to start off with, we open on a television news broadcast from the Expositional News Network, copyright Michael Bailey, that advises viewers that the scheduled transfer of the made up element Uritonium from Kasuga Atomic Village to Nakayama Nuclear Power Center at 10 a.m. was attacked by unknown perps near Sonazaki. However, police were able to protect the shipment. We then cut to a car junkyard where one Dark Destructoid is forklifting a car full of the Dark Destructoids who obviously fucked up the mission and they're about to get sent to the scrapyard. And Professor Gill looks on disgustedly as they scream to be spared. But of course, Professor Gill says, anyone who feels dark. Won't live to see tomorrow, so the car is placed in the trash compactor and the four failures are then executed. Professor Gill is resolved and won't give up on his plan to steal the Uritonium. To that end, Gill orders Black Chameleon to steal the Uritonium. Meanwhile, at the Uritonium Research Institute, they even have a whole institute to study this made up bullshit. Black Chameleon and his dark destructoids conduct surveillance and plan to attack the next shipment at Hell Pass off Route 31. I didn't look it up. Is, do you think Hell Pass is real? Like a real Hell? There's a real Hell Pass in Japan, or do you think that's just made up? I don't know. I can see that being real. 
I mean, it was pretty fucking windy. I mean, at least I was on the map. Just switchbacks. You know, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could understand why that'd be a fucking pain in the ass to drive up and all that stuff. So, okay, this is going to be the usual spiel. What, what do you think of Black Chameleon? Like, what, what do you think of Black Chameleon's look? Do you think he looks cool? Do you like Black Chameleon? Like, what's up with Black Chameleon? I think the suit looks very cool. I don't know why he has a beak unless it's a pun because the Japanese word for black is koro, which sounds like crow. So maybe I don't know oh. that. Did you? Because I was like, "What? He's a chameleon. Why does he have?" And I started thinking yes, about it. Yes, like, that's that. That was my my, my 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 take was I was like, "Okay, he's a chameleon, but he's a black chameleon." So I get why he had all the little like shiny things on his black body and everything. So he's like, "Okay." That's kind of chameleon-like. I get it. But then it looked like he had a pteranodon fucking head or something to me, like where I was like, he looked like Swoop or something from <laughs> Transformers. And I, I just kind of went, I don't know any chameleons that look like they have, like you said, a, bir a bird's beak, right? But then the, that's interesting. So you're, you're I mean, the, that kind of makes sense. Maybe, maybe it is like a black crow look that they were going for just because of the the pun but I, that that wasn't anything i'm you know i was privy to or familiar with but i did i did definitely wonder about that i mean he you know i don't know black is sleek black is cool like i mean that that part of it looked kind of cool but i did sort of question why he had kind of a a bird beak when he was supposed to be a chameleon the powerful element discovered originally by dr nakabori in episode 10 Gratonium returns as a target for Professor Gill and his lust for world conquest. The element is a play on the name of the radioactive metal uranium. So yeah, so that we we then cut to Hattori Hanpei, everybody's favorite, checking a map with Mitsuko, Masaru, and Sayoko for the whereabouts of Professor Komoji. They ask Sayoko to guide them, hopefully, to their missing father. When Hattori's you-don't-know-where-it's-been-green-w-bug is running low on gas, the quartet pull over to have the gas tank filled up. To their shock, the gas station claims they're out of gas, but um, I'm not going to get into current day we're out of gas stuff, but they are shocked that the gas station is out of gas and even push Sayoko out of the gas station. However, unbeknownst to our heroes, the gas station is a dark front for the ambush on the Eurotonium caravan. Accompanying the regular cast once again is Sayoko, played by Hiroko Aoki, who was also featured in the previous episode. It's too bad she didn't stay on to become a regular cast member as a foil for Hattori Henpin. Yeah, I think it's like amaze balls that Sayoko showed up for two episodes in yeah. a row. Like, because I, I don't I don't think that was like I, I never feel like that's common. I mean, outside of, you know, who, whoever they've already designated as, the, you know, you expect Komoji to make an appearance every episode. You expect Jiro and Mitsuku and Masaro to make an appearance every episode and Professor Gill, right? But outside of that, I don't expect to see anyone on a consistent basis. So so I I, I thought it was pretty amazeballs that she was in two episodes in a row, to be honest. What what do you think of their master plan to take over this gas station? Like, did, did is, is it super obvious, like, right up from the start? Like, did you... I don't know. 
like did you think about things like the the I, I think this was probably before I don't know am I wrong like is this does this take place like before the major energy crisis in the 70s or is this timely for that I it might be a little early I'm not entirely I, sure. I feel I feel like it's early for that but maybe it's it's premonition or something but yeah I, th- I feel like that was 74 maybe okay. I, I'm okay. not sure okay yeah so meanwhile there is a mash style helicopter that's flown by two dark agents that flies overhead tracking the caravan and five dark destructoids jump out of a tree and disguise themselves as construction workers to divert the caravan to the planned ambush point Hanpei and the crew are diverted first, and again, Hanpei is the one physically pushed back by the disguised dark agents. The caravan, made up of two police cycles, two police cars, and the truck itself are diverted onto the winding road. Dark agents are waiting in the bushes with guns and cannons. Before anyone can do a thing, explosions are going off everywhere. The Dark Destructoids gun down the motorcycle cops and open fire on the rest, killing even more. The MASH helicopter drops bombs on the attack site as well, resulting in the deaths of almost the entire caravan. Because this teleplay was co-written by Toei executive producer Ryotoko Watanabe, the production crew pulls out all the stops. A healthier budget is evident on screen with numerous extras, plentiful pyrotechnics, a larger scale, a nicely constructed dark destructoid, and a name guest star. Yeah, this is definitely like high production value episode when when you're like, holy crap, look at like, mo, mo, you know, if this was a regular episode, that'd be like one squad, you know, one one motorcycle yeah. and, and one truck or something. You know what I mean? Like like they'd they'd cheap Charlie like the whole thing. But this it was like, wow, they and, and you know, they've got like a, a legit looking gas station. They're on location in all these places. And then and then the helicopter, too. I think some of that was stock footage, but still like they were, you know, a, a helicopter, a truck, a, two police cars and two motorcycles like, wow, like and, and then and then they, they obviously they hired, you know, w- what they're calling a name guest star, too. So like all that stuff is not cheap. Right. So they, they definitely I mean, I, I, I get what Ragone is saying with his factoid because they definitely like you, you could tell when you watch this, the production value is you, you could tell money more money was spent on on this particular episode than many others. Yeah. The lone survivors, Captain Ichimura and one of his men, are held captive until we hear the sound of the cherry red guitar of justice. Jiro flips down from the hill onto the truck and then to the ground to combat the dark destructoids. Backing up the theory that the cherry red guitar is indestructible, Jiro clobbers Black Chameleon in the back of the head with it, and it doesn't, like, you know, break into a gazillion pieces. Jiro buys Captain Ichimura and his man some time to jump back in the truck and get out of the attack zone. 
Watch carefully. One scene features Jiro jumping, and as he tumbles through the air, he doesn't have his guitar on his back. But when he lands, the guitar is right there, strapped to his back. Note the stock footage in this episode. The shots of the dark helicopter were culled from footage used in episode 2, while Kikata's first appearance, including the fallen rocks, are taken from episode 1. So what did you, I mean, like, I, I totally noticed that, where the guitar disappears from uh, the jump shot. But I mean, I don't know, I always figure stuff like that is, like, all, like, toku genre specific you know what i mean like you're supposed to think like you know just like transformers have mass displacement and stuff and the trailer just disappears you know like i think you're just supposed to think okay well that's fine like he's android kakaida his guitar can like get mass displaced into a pocket of space and then come <laughs> back to bang somebody upside the head i mean i i legit think that guitar is like got like powers of its own right like because otherwise it should have broken apart a lot. Like, otherwise, he should be buying, like, a new red guitar, like, every episode or something. I, I got to be honest. I didn't even notice it until, you know, just now reading over this. I was like, I have to go back and look at that because I didn't notice it at all. I guess it just went over. I'm, I'm wondering, though, like, like, are there uh, – I wonder if there are other – like, because now I can't remember from previous episodes. Like, are there other shots of him doing a flip where he does have the guitar on his back? Because if that's the case, that's pretty impressive in and of itself, right? Like, uh, you'd think they just took the guitar off because even though the fictional show treats the guitar like it's indestructible, like, the real guitars probably aren't, like, however many prop guitars they have of that. Like, so maybe they didn't want to risk it by having them do a flip in the air or whatever, you know? Yeah. Be prolific. Yoshiro Kitahara guest stars as Captain Ichimura in charge of the Eurotonium shipment, which Black Chameleon plans to hijack. Kitahara was a former DIA studio leading man who made his film debut in 1953. He appeared in 78 films before moving to Toei and other studios. Kitahara is better known in the States for his appearances in several of the 1960s Gamera films. He played Sakurai in the original Gamera, Professor Amino in Gamera vs. Barugan, Dr. Aoki in Gamera vs. Gauss, and Masao's father in Gamera vs. Virus. He was also featured in multiple episodes, mainly as a scientist in Toei's Master Writer, as well as Professor Takifu in episode 4 of Secret Task Force Goranger. Goranger. Kitahara's other notable Takusatsu appearances include Professor Chujo in episode 8 of Master Writer X, Professor Taro Kusaka a regular character in Master Rider Amazon, and Captain Murai in Space Iron Man Kodine. One of his final genre roles was that of Commander Nango of UGM in episodes 13, 17, 22, and 24 of Subaraya Productions' Ultraman 80. Kitahara moved into voice acting for animated series such as TMS Lupin III, and also dubbed the voice of Lauren Green for the Japanese version of the original Battlestar Galactica television series. That's great. That's super cool. You know, it's funny, like, you, I mean, I, I don't know if I have any visual recognition of the actor, but I know I've seen all those Gamera movies, and I know I've seen most of those Kamen Riders yeah. and the Go Ranger episodes 
And the only thing I'm not... Yeah, and I've seen lots of episodes of Ultraman 80, too. The only thing I'm not familiar with is that Kyodine series. But, yeah, that's kind of... It's kind of. I mean, he's he's certainly. And then I guess I guess they've got a type too, right? Because because from what we're seeing here and what you're saying, like most of it is, he's playing professors and scientists and and that whole kind of thing. Whereas here he's kind of like the captain of these, you know, these guys doing the the police protection on this caravan of of you know made up element basically. So then, going back to the episode, Jiro does his three, two, one, change into Kikaida and fights Black Chameleon one-on-one. Black Chameleon fires projectiles out of his hands and then turns invisible. Kikaida then jumps on his sidecar to pursue as we cut to... MASHCAST analyzes, episode by episode, the greatest television series of all time, MASH. Find MASHCAST on fireandwaterpodcast.com. Did you know that Michael Bailey hosts a podcast? Yeah, I host or co-host a number of podcasts, actually. Did you know that Michael Bailey releases his podcasts through the dark web? Now that's not true at all. I release my shows on the regular internet. I don't even know how to get to the dark web. Did you know that Michael's financing comes from shady donors who make up a cabal of people that like to kick puppies and kittens? What are you talking about? I'm pretty much self-financed outside of a modest Patreon that I produce no extra content Did you know that Michael Bailey supports free podcasts for everyone? And also works on his shows with potential foreign spies and anarchists? Of course I support free podcasts for everyone. And Andy isn't a spy of any kind. Bethany and Allison are hardly anarchists. And Jeff... Okay, you may have me there. Jeff is a little out there. Why would you support such a man by listening to his podcast? Alright, that's enough of that. Can we, can we get rid of creepy voice guy? He, he's not working out. He really just isn't. You can't get rid of me that easily. I'm a scary voice that is meant to frighten people into... Okay, okay, that's that's better. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey, and I run the Fortress of Baileytude Podcasting Network. The Fortress is a collection of podcasts that I either host or co-host, all housed in a single place to make things easier on me. The shows in the network include From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, which I host with Jeffrey Taylor, and is all about the Superman books published between 1986 and 2006. The Overlooked Dark Knight, a non-index index show, which is a Batman podcast that is about Batman stories hardly anyone talks about that I host with Andrew Leyland. Views from the Long Box, my comics-centric podcast that has been online since 2007. And the newest show on the network, The Superman and Lois Tapes, which I host with Allison and Bethany and is all about the CW series Superman and Lois. The network can be found at www.fortressofbailytude.com 
which also houses one of the web's largest repositories of information on the death and return of Superman from 1992 and 1993. You can subscribe to any of these programs through Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or through your favorite podcatcher, either a la carte or through the Master Feed, which has all of the episodes of all of the shows. The Fortress and its shows are also on Spotify if you're into that sort of thing. The Fortress of Baileytude Podcasting Network. Doing my best to relieve boredom since 2007. The music on this trailer, Delay Rock, and Political Action Ad are by Kevin McLeod and are used under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Did you know? Oh, shut up! When we come back from the commercial break, Black Chameleon is riding atop the Uritonium truck Teen Wolf style. Sneaky Black Chameleon was animatedly brought to life by the Mishima Kinjaki's Yukio Mihashi. He's definitely oh. animated like towards the end of this episode, like even comically, but I guess we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's a good choice of words there, animatedly. <laughs> Kikaida is not far behind in his sidecar and jumps onto the truck to fight with Black Chameleon. I can be Teen Wolf too. Soon, Captain Ichimura realizes the truck is out of gas. As the truck begins to slow down, Kikaida tosses Black Chameleon off the still moving truck. However, once the truck finally stops, Black Chameleon is nowhere to be found thanks to his invisibility power. With the gas tank shot, they plan to use the spare gas tank. Captain Ichimura thanks Kikaida for his help, but Kikaida won't take thanks until they are safely at their destination. I was going to stop and ask, do you take, like, when you watch this, did you get that his power was supposed to be invisibility, or did you just think he, like, teleported away? Like, did, uh, I guess, what was your take on, you know, because basically what they do is they just do a cut, right? And then the next cut you know, the, the black chameleon's gone. So I was just curious, did you take that in any specific way or, cause I mean, I know it's, it's definitely described as him using his chameleon powers to make himself invisible. But I was just curious if you took it as like teleportation or him blipping, blipping away or whatever. Because he's a chameleon, I just assumed it was invisibility because that's usually how it works. And took okay. Okay. And Black Chameleon looks on in secret, pleased that the truck's next stop will have to be the dark-controlled gas station from earlier in the episode. He plots to destroy Komoji's kids, like baby's kids, Komoji's kids, in the meantime. Another construction worker, who is clearly another dark agent in disguise, lures Mitsuko, Masaru, and the gang away from their lunch. They're like, hey, remember those guys that, like, pushed Tatori Hanpei, like, five minutes earlier? Well, one of them's come over to your lunch table. It's like, oh, my God, your father's in danger. And they're like, okay. And they run <laughs> off to go find him or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, come on, dude. He's that. I mean, dude. And then the that dark guy, like, he didn't even, like, I'm like, I, I'm always like, you know, Jeff Bridges and Tron, you know, the slime didn't even change the names. You know, I'm like, dude, the dude didn't even change his outfit, man. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, so they lure them away from their lunch and they claim that a man named Komoji has been hurt in an accident. Hanpei protests. He, he may lick fucking VW bug wheels, but he's no idiot. 
they still rush to the bridge and they sing a song instead, which by total fucking coincidence and as per the contractual agreement of Professor Kamoji to appear at least once in every episode, the actual Kamoji overhears the song and is about to connect with his son and daughter because he's like, hey, I remember that song. Let me go ask those young people what's going on. But then, like the little fucking cowardly bitch he is, the minute the Dark Destructoids are on the scene, he's like, oh, and he fucking runs away. And uh, and then the soldiers are en route to Mitsuku and Masaru. Meanwhile, at the Dark Gas Station, the last of Captain Ichimura's men is killed. Dude, it sucks to be one of his men. And Dark plans to kill the captain with an identical version of the captain, and that version is trying to choke him out. Then they try to attack Jiro as well, but Jiro, of course, sees through their ploy. He fends off the Dark Agent with a flamethrower. Spaceballs, the flamethrower! And then speeds off on his sidecar after the fake captain and truck full of uranium. Or- Uritonium. Sorry, my spell correct. Keeps changing it because it's fucking made up. Can I the can t- I stop you for a minute? Yes, yes. That shot, like the POV where you see the the stuff coming out of the flamethrower, like that was a great shot. Yeah, yeah. That. That, that 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 is another thing we should be able to throw in with the you know the budget in this episode the production value of the mm-hmm. episode like i don't think i don't think that flamethrower or that that shot uh would have been used in in any other episode and since we're stopped i'm just going to use this as an opportunity to say the stuntmen that are in the black chameleon suit and the kakaida suit when they're doing the teen wolf shit like <laughs> that's not cgi that's nope. not like anything like that they, where they were protected and they had like fucking cushions at the bottom of the road in case they fell off. Like those dudes have like every time I see these guys, like these stunt guys have balls of fucking steel. <laughs> they're they're fighting in these fucking outfits where they're clearly probably half blind and they're on top of a fucking moving truck on a windy fucking hill like it's fucking insane dude. it is like like some of this shit so yeah these guys have balls of steel props to all the these stunt people who are probably i bet you there's 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 billions of stories that we don't know about like there were like two thousand stunt people that were horribly killed in the making of kakata <laughs> we just don't know about it but like man they're um the, the, dude props to those guys man and um yeah, so so basically the the two Kikaida and Black Chameleon um or sorry, I'm spoiling it, but the two the the uh, Kikaida and and the the driver in, in the truck are are fighting uh, captain the fake captain uh Ichimura, right? Are fighting in the driver's seat and Jiro throws out the fake captain and then realizes it is actually black chameleon himself in disguise but before jiro can lay a can of whoop ass on black chameleon professor gill's damnable devil flute plays in the background causing jiro pain black chameleon fires more missiles from his palms because you know chameleons they have missiles in their palms and buries jiro in an avalanche but luckily 
The sound of the avalanche. <laughs> I, I don't know if we buy this or not. The sound of the avalanche blocks the devil flute, and Jiro now can transform into Kikaida. Kikaida kicks Black Chameleon in the nuts, which is pretty awesome. Black Chameleon's tail begins to choke out Kikaida. Jiro punches his way free and then spins Black Chameleon around by his tail. And after a double chop, Black Chameleon points to the missile crucifix that Mitsuko and Masaru are strapped to. And Black Chameleon has the trigger. Kikaida says fuck it and uses his spinning anchor and pins Black Chameleon, keeping him away from the trigger. After a giant swing and the end, Black Chameleon is finished. Jiro, of course, of course he does. He rides off, leaving Mitsuku, Masaro, and Sayoko behind. Fuck those guys. The end. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. It's funny that uh, that Kakaida kicks him in the nuts. Uh, I like the whole, like, him using Black Chameleon using his tail to choke him out. Like, I, I feel like that's something unique among the, you know, the, the Dark Destructoid bad guys to this point. Like, yeah. I don't think I've seen that before, and I thought that was cool. Um, I liked how he used the tail against him, too, and he was, like, spinning him around like he was uh, King Kong spinning around Godzilla or some shit, you know? Like, like that, that kind of whole deal. And... I guess, you know, we have to discuss, you know, the 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 crucifix because, you know, I assume they picked it because it looked super cool, not realizing that uh, Musuku and Masaro are not our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Like, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's that's what's going on there, basically. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I had fun with the episode. I like the episode. It's it's cool. Like, I, I appreciate the the uh, extravagant for for these types of shows uh production value you know i thought it was kind of cool yeah i mean you can definitely tell that they spent some money on this and they tried to make it look like a really standout episode to like nitpick just slightly like the very end where mitsuko and masaru are crucified and black canadian he's like look the trigger it's just laying there i'm just like Oh, how convenient that they managed to fight all the way over to this little, like, box. And they can be like, <laughs> look out, Kaida, like, I'll touch this box and they'll explode. But other than that, like, yeah, like, it's, you know, it's a really great episode. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun. I like the Black Chameleon suit, even though it's got, you know, the crow's beak, whatever. It's fine. It's a really cool suit. You know, some of the some of the uh, D- Dark Destructoid suits have been less than stellar. I think this one's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, not not all of them have been winners, and even despite it having like some kind of pterodactyl beak or whatever's going on there, something to emulate a crow or what whatnot, like it still it still has a pretty cool look to it. So that's I'll I'll, I'll definitely give it up for that. And then I don't know about this note. Like I guess we could talk about it, but it ta- like I I just wrote in in my own the whole like spinning anchor thing because that's what was in the translation i think but they said it was scripted as the more familiar giant swing but like i mean i feel like he did both of them like yeah he I did mean, a giant swing at the end because it was just yeah. the empty suit right 
Yeah, so I was just kind of like, I don't know, it seemed like he did, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a mistranslation or what, but it seemed like he did, he did the giant swing as well, so I don't know, I don't know. It, it wasn't like one was taken out for the other, at least when I felt like I was watching it. Yeah. And then I guess this, this has the, uh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm stealing all your notes at the end, but this. All right, Shatner, quit stealing my lines. You know, I'm, I'm like, oh my. Um, <laughs> but like, they're talking about this. This has the the karaoke version. And I was kind of like, at first, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then I guess when I'm looking at it, they they have like the lines of the song for you to sing. I guess if you want, you know. So, and I was like, I guess that wasn't in the previous ones. I don't know. I I don't know. It's one of those things where you want to like think back and you're like, was yeah, it? I, 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 I was it. I, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. So next episode is going to be King Crab Maroon Keeper of the Death Ray. So I think, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. Maroon. I don't know. Do you do you, do you have anything else that you want to uh, share about about this particular episode? I mean, unfortunately, I I don't think there's any tie-ins to the manga or any connections with the the Kakaida anime with Black Chameleon as far as I know so there's no there's no extra insight I can provide there or you know no connections to other media I know that Black Chameleon much like most of these guys probably had like toys of him made you know what I mean like I think those what do they call them the Sofubis or what you know those kind of like little plastic toys or whatever like i think i think i think for sure black chameleon had one of those but i mean that's the only other thing that i can offer up or share as far as you know more on black chameleon in particular oh going back just a little bit i thought that black chameleon's missiles like the sound of the explosions would drown out the flute not oh okay okay Yeah, yeah 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 that 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 might have been a better way to go. I don't know. You know, like that 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 after the missile explodes, then, you know, much like normal explosions, like in the real world, like where you're deaf for a little while because of the, yeah. the sound like that, that would have been much more better. No prize than the avalanche did it. You know, I was just like, well, uh I mean, I, I I don't know if 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 we're if if we're rating these from like one to ten, I think I give that like a five. But I think there have been like zeros in the past, so it's not oh, it's yeah. not as it's not as damning as some, but it's not it's not like a a ten or anything like that either. Well, we've only got twenty five episodes left to go. Yep. We're so, gonna get to you, Kyder. I swear we will. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're thirsty about getting to Hakaida at some I point. I am. So, what is this? This is 18, so mm-hmm. that means, let me see, 2 plus 10 plus 4. I think I think it's like 15 or 16 episodes before we get to Hokkaido. So, it might be a while. Unless you want to pull a mic and, and do the movie uh, ahead of time. No, let's do everything in the order that it comes. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I think that wraps up everything for tonight. If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you too are concerned that a chameleon has a pterodactyl beak, you can email us at panelspodcast at gmail.com. 
We have a backlog of episodes of Toku Thursdays, which you can find and direct download over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find all of our other shows there as well. And we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek Derek WC shooting missiles out of his palms, signing off. And this is Justin signing off. I almost said Zig Zion. I was like, no, that's the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Zig Kakaida. Zig Changey. <laughs>